Hey guys, welcome to How Not To Be A Dick When Going Out To Eat. I'm Summer. Now let's get our shift started. Come on, just stab your tickets. Coming in corner. friends welcome back it is officially spooky season uh well for crazies like me that started about two months ago is your house decorated yet as you know i did not catch the seasonal decoration jeans yeah so but summer's house it's so spooky in here it is Yes, and we are joined today by the wonderful Lindsay. That is her voice. You will recognize it from past episodes. Hi, everyone. Hi. So this uh, this month, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We're going to get a little spooky on this podcast. Um, Today, we are discussing true crime, the Burger Chef murders that happened here in Speedway, Indiana. You a big uh, true crime listener? I am big into the true crime. Yeah. I love it. I lo- yeah. Hard day's work. Get in yeah. the car. Yeah. Learn about murders. You're right. Oh, man. It's relaxing. Just coroner's reports. Yep. Testimony. Right. Just, you know, love it. Yeah. No, I agree. It just, it relaxes me. For at least 30 minutes before work, I'm sitting in my car listening to some murder podcast. And do you find that it helps you not want to murder people? I find that I don't want to go to jail by the end of it. So that keeps me from yeah. murdering people. Prison sounds awful. Yeah. Well, you know, I would look like the Great Pumpkin from Charlie Brown if I was an orange, so I'm not going to do it. It just, you know, for me, it just doesn't go with my complexion. No. I'm more of a jewel tone gal, so Mm -hmm. I'm just not looking to go orange. Yeah, see, no, I'm I'm all about the, like, blacks and denim. I don't need the orange jumpsuit, so... So, yes, we will not be committing any crimes, but we will be discussing the true crime today. And just so you know... I am not switching this to a True Cam podcast. We're just doing something spooky for the month of October, okay? And also, along those lines, I, you know, doing the research for this, I was on the, the internet. I listened to a couple podcasts about it. This is where all of my information comes from. I cannot tell you with 100% guarantee that it is 100% accurate, but it is the information that I have. So, we are going to go ahead and get into it. We're starting back in 1978. It is a Friday night in the middle of November in Speedway, Indiana. Four young employees were closing up the burger shift around 10 p.m., which is not a fun job to do. Oof. Closing a fast food restaurant. Yeah, it sucks. Ugh. It sucks. Uh, So those four employees included assistant manager Jane, who was 20, Daniel, who was 16, Mark, who was 16, and Ruth, who was 18. So these are all very young people. Just kids working a job. Yeah. Just making their money. Money for whatever. Barely adults, you know, start of their lives. Uh, So on the same night at midnight, a fellow employee came to visit these four who were closing up the restaurant. He found the back door ajar, the restaurant empty, and the safe open with all the money missing. So shit's not right. Yeah. So if you've never worked in fast food, especially. Every fast food place I've ever worked at or been affiliated with, it's been a long time since that was part of my life. Yeah. But lots of young people work there, right? So management and ownership are usually super uh, into security 
And it would be very, very weird to have a door unlocked and ajar yeah. after the end of business. Yeah. No. And that goes for really any restaurant, but I feel like especially those that have, like, younger workers are... Yeah. And high cash volume. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, just the... Happen. Like, you know, anytime I ever had to lock up a restaurant, I'm like... Like, there was one time I got home, and even though I knew I had checked the door three fucking times, I got in bed and I couldn't go to sleep because I thought it was unlocked and I had to go back. Went back and checked. Yeah. Was it locked? It was locked. Of course it was locked. Of course it was locked. Yeah. It's the same reason that I have to take pictures of my hair straightener on, you know, turned off <laughs> after using it if I'm leaving the house. It just, sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So, the fifth employee that's coming to visit, obviously something's not right. He calls the police who come out to investigate. And a, a Speedway officer named Buddy who was assigned to this case, admitted that this is where the police screwed up the investigation. I gotta say, so if you're not from around here, because I know, Summer, you have listeners from... All over. All over. The Speedway Police have, like, in 1978, probably one or two days a year that they gotta really be on top of it for the Indy 500 room for room. Room for room. And then the rest of the year... Yeah. I'm guessing the Speedway police are a little bit bored. Yeah. Like, maybe they don't investigate murders super often. Yeah. So, not an excuse. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Yes. So, responding police and detectives regarded this as a petty embezzlement committed by the four employees to take the money to go out partying. Uh, the reason they thought this is because the loss was so small. Like, the only, what was missing was $581, which, you know, today would be maybe, like, 3000 Yeah. I mean, less than $150 a person. Yeah. Are you really trying to lose your job? Yeah. For $150? No. no. And, like, maybe go to jail, even. Yeah. But definitely at least getting fired. I yeah. know. Yeah, no. No. So, you know, with this being the thought on this crime, the police go ahead and let the next morning crew clean the restaurant and open up for business. They don't take any pictures. They don't collect any evidence. It's all gone. That sucks. Mm -hmm. So even if they, like, figure it out who's done this, are they going to be able to convict anybody? Because there's no fucking evidence. Yeah. Not a... Nary a fingerprint. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it blows my mind. I'm not a police officer, but I, I don't know. I bet Speedway does things a little differently now. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine Buddy, the Speedway officer, yeah, may have at least had a stern talking to from yeah. his boss. Yeah, I bet so. So these four missing employees do not return the next day. Like one or two of them are on the schedule for the next morning or the next afternoon. Nobody shows up. So now we're starting to get a little like, what's going on? Um, And Jane, the assistant manager, her car is found later in town, uh, partially locked, partially opened. It was parked near the police station. So now people are starting to be like, this is, something's going on here, right? So all of this is alerting the police that this is not just an employee robbery. Like, this is a robbery that's happened that's now the employees have been kidnapped. What we have here is what I like to call a situation. A situation, yes. For sure. For sure. So then it gets even worse. Sunday afternoon, the bodies of all four employees were found by hikers in Johnson County, which is over 20 miles away from the Burger Chef. 
So that's not close. No. And most people aren't just like, hey, it's Friday after midnight. I'll just go to a random ass field in Johnson County. Yeah. Yeah. So both Dan and Ruth had been shot multiple times with a .38 caliber gun. Jane was stabbed several times in the chest. Um, the handle was missing and they found that the blade had broken off in her. They found that during autopsy. Ugh. Yep. So then Mark was bludgeoned to death, which actually there was a couple different versions on how Mark had died. One said that he was bludgeoned to death by the robbers. Another one said that he had actually, it looked as though he had actually escaped. And then in his running away, he ran face first into a tree and that kind of like broke his nose or whatever. And But either way, something bad happened to him and he's no longer with us. They were all still in their Burger Chef uniforms and their money and their watches were still on them. So now the police are starting to think this is not a robbery. Like the robbery was not the sole purpose of these murders. Yeah. I feel like if someone's trying to rob, like they're just robbing for to get money. Yeah. First of all, you're not going to be like, hey, give me all the money in the safe at your work. Whatever's in your wallet's fine, though. You go ahead and keep that. And then they're not going to leave, like, money and jewelry and watches and stuff behind. Yeah. They're going to rob it all. They're going to take it all. They're taking whatever they can get their fucking hands on. So at this point, the police have a couple of theories, um, even though they don't have any evidence or suspects yet. The first theory was that it was in fact a burglary, but one of the employees recognized the robbers, so they all had to be eliminated. Uh, They start thinking this because there was a fast food robbery gang going on at the time. Yeah. Here's the thing. First of all, don't rob people. That is a dick move. It's a dick move. This is a podcast about how not to be a dick. So don't rob people is like a big, pretty big part of that. Um, Also, fast food robbery gang. Um, Teenagers work at fast food restaurants. Like, why are you trying to scare kids? Yeah. But. I will say, um, I know people don't listen to this podcast for crime tips. Yeah. 1978, fast food chain robbery gang, whatever they called themselves. Yeah. Not a horrible idea yeah. if you're already a piece of shit. Yeah. Lots of cash. Yeah. Not a lot of resistance. No. And lots of fast food restaurants around. So, um, I mean, you know, you 8 can't... out of 10 for picking your crime and 0 out of 10 for being a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, you can't do it now because everybody uses credit cards. Yeah. You'd have to be a hacker to make money off of robbing fast food restaurants. Yeah. And and still a piece of shit. Yeah. It's still wrong. But yeah, what a what a profession. Yeah. What yeah. a way to get your Christmas gifts bought. Yeah. Just no. by being a fast food robber. Yeah. Dick. Also, side note, just make your own fucking money. Yeah, just get a job. Learn a trade. Yeah, you learn know? a trade. Get a job. It's fine. Once you like apply to that fast food instead of robbing that fast food restaurant. Yeah, they'll All you have to do is show up for like a few hours a day and they give you money. Yeah, it's true. Uh, So their second theory was that one of the employees was involved with drugs and owed money to their dealer. And that the dealer came to collect and there was a struggle and all of the witnesses had to be eliminated. Here's the thing. I kind of feel like that's far-fetched. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I wasn't alive in 1978. Yeah. But, like, were there so many teenagers that were, like, so into Colombian whites that we had to kill them at their fast food job? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, for me, I picture weed being the big drug in 78. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't. 
do drugs now. Yeah, drugs so, are bad, okay? Yeah, but, you don't need to be doing that, kids. Yeah. I get it. Children listening, don't do drugs, you okay? Know, maybe we should ask our parents what was big in the in the late 70s. Yeah, they probably wouldn't know either because they, they, they were so straight laced. Yeah. yeah, so they were, maybe they have some friends or associates yeah, that would know. They know people. Yeah, but people know people if people know people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that many teenagers like owing so much yeah. money to their drug dealer that yeah. that person is like gonna murder them. Yeah. I don't either, but you know, what do I know? So they had one eyewitness um, on the nights of the murder. A local 16-year-old saw two suspicious men in a car outside of the burger chef just before closing time. What the problem is, is that the teenager could only describe one man as having a beard and the other man as being clean-shaven. So it's not a lot to go on. Yeah, that could be any two men. Yeah, you know, and I, like, I feel bad for the 16-year-old. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're, you're trying to help the police find out who killed, you know, possibly your friends. And all you can think of is that. But even, like, at my age, I don't think that I would be able to sit down with a sketch artist and, like, be able to draw out what somebody looks like. Somebody would have to look crazy as hell for me to remember them, like, three or four days later. Right, yeah. Like, you'd have to be, like, getting in my face for me to be able to, like, tell a cop what you look like. Or, like, something crazy, like... Oh, they had an eye patch or, like, yeah, one eyebrow or they looked just like Santa Claus or something. Like, yeah. it would... I could not describe to you all the normal-looking people I saw today. Yeah, right? It's Especially, like, after today, that's out. Yeah, I don't gone. know. It's gone. So, then, there's this man at a bar in Greenfield, which is maybe, like, 35, 40 minutes away from Speedway. He's getting drunk at the bar, and he's bragging... About being a part of these murders. <sighs> Which one, I'm like, why Why would you do that? What's your end game? Yeah, you what's the end game? You pick up a lot game? of ladies doing that? Yeah. I'm like, who are you trying to impress with that bullshit? Because, like, if you sit down at my bar and you're, like, bragging about any sort of crime that you're doing, like, I think you're a piece of shit. I'm yeah. not impressed by you. I don't want to know you. I don't want to have a conversation with you. What I want is for you to get the fuck out of my bar. Yeah, at that point... You're for sure, for sure getting cut off. Yeah. I'm handing you your bill. Yeah. I might take some liberties with the tip line. Yeah. Because you're a dick. Yep. And weird. And I'm not serving you again. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to go. You got to go. Because that's not... Who does that? Yeah. I just don't understand the concept of it. Ugh. Yeah. But, you know, okay. So, obviously, this information gets back to the, the, the police that are investigating the murders, uh, so they send a police officer in undercover and try to get a confession out of this guy. Okay, so he's going in, he's playing pool with him, he's getting the guy drunk, and the guy will not confess. Like, obviously, I don't know what happened in that, but I'm assuming that the cop's, like, asking cop questions, thinking that he's not asking cop questions, but he's basically probably, like, straight up looking like a fucking cop. He's got the haircut. Yeah. That's not a that's not a dig on cops. You just a lot of you guys have the same haircut. That's yeah, it's, just the fact. Sorry, it's true. Yeah. Um should have asked the bartender to do it. Yeah, or you should have gone undercover as a bartender. Like bartenders are considered the therapists for fucking weirdos. Yes. Guys, listeners, if you've never been a bartender, let me tell you what. People will say anything to a bartender and or around a bartender. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I know so much about literal strangers. Yeah. Like shit you should not know. Yeah. It's wild. 
Yeah. What people will say in front of people in the service industry. Yeah. So I'm just saying, police officers, do what you got to do, but like we probably could have gotten you that information. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, future, you know, future investigations done by police nowadays, like if you're going undercover to get information, go undercover as a bartender. Yeah, just stand behind that bar, stock some beer, pull those taps a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah. like you're, um, you're gonna hear. Yeah, you're so your many arrest crimes. reports are yeah. All your arrest numbers are going up. I'm just telling you right now. We got you. Plus, you'll probably get tipped out. Yeah. So. Um. So they end up bringing this gentleman into the station. Uh, he's given a polygraph test. He passes it. He did. I guess he did know information about the murders that were not made public. But I also, you know, getting into, I can't get into it too much right now, but it comes into play in later part of our story. Maybe a police officer's talking when he shouldn't be. That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Because that does happen. Uh, So there's no other evidence to hold the suspect. They got to let him go. I mean, I'm sure he stayed on their radar after that, but they had to let him go. Uh, So after this suspect, the case goes cold for several years. We're now into 1984. A new investigator is added to the team. Um, Shortly after that, the police receive a phone call from the Pendleton Correctional Facility from an inmate named Donald. Uh, So Donald is a fucking waste of space, piece of shit, motherfucker, hate him already. Uh, He was sentenced for 97 years for sexual assault. Fuck you, Donald. Yes. Um... He was also about to be transferred to Indiana State Prison in Michigan City, which is a notoriously violent and dangerous prison to be in, especially if you're convicted of sexual assault, child abuse, stuff like that. Like, you're going to get fucking murdered in this prison. Here's the deal. Um, I think, you know, everybody deserves to, like, live, you know, whatever, except for people like Donald. Yeah. So Donald... It's about to get what he deserves, I feel like. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm fine with that. Yes. So Donald's calling, you know, the investigators on this team at this moment. Uh, he confessed to being one of the four men responsible for these four deaths. Uh, he agrees to give the police information in exchange for not being transferred to the Indiana State Prison. Uh, the police decide, you know what, we're going to get a warrant. We're going to bring Donald into Marion County. Um Get him set up with a video camera. He confesses to shooting Dan and Ruth. He, The police then take Donald out to the wooded areas that the bodies were found. They don't prompt him. They take him to the space. And then Donald shows the police exactly where all of the bodies were found. He knew the knife had broken off in Jane. And he just knew a lot of the information that the police had not shared with the public. So it's becoming credible that Donald is one of... You know, he says four people did this. So he's one of the four that committed these murders. Donald, you're still a piece of trash. Yeah. So he, Donald ends up like dragging this out for like two years. Yeah, because he's not a good person. Yeah. yeah and the police allow him to do this because they are hoping at the end of it, they're going to figure out who the other three men are. Right. Uh, I mean, that's my understanding. I, I didn't see it typed up anywhere that in my research. Like but that would seem my logical, the logical reason thing, yeah. for letting this go on for two years, you know. So, Donald tells the investigators the story of what happened that night. He tells them that him and three other men went to the burger chef that night to threaten Jane because her brother owed a drug dealer a lot of money for his cocaine and he wasn't paying. So, they just went to threaten Jane to get Jane 
to tell her brother to pay this dude for his coke, right? So one of the other employees steps in to defend Jane and a fight breaks out behind the burger chef among the four men and the employee that's defending Jane. The young employee fell and hit his head on the bumper of the vehicle that the the criminals had brought. These four men think that this employee is dead. So now they think that in, in this moment of trying to scare Jane, They've killed somebody, even if it was accidental. So they're like, what do we need to do? We need to kill everybody. They're eliminating all the witnesses at this point. I would say, if you ever feel like you need to kill everyone, yeah. take a deep breath. Yeah. Count to ten. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Just it's not okay. It seems easy to me yeah. to not do that. Yeah, don't do it. So then he's telling um, the investigators that after the murders... He threw his gun into the White River, which was nearby. Another reason you should never swim in the fucking White River. Yeah, you gotta stay out of that river, guys. If you're not local, let me just save you. Don't get in White River. Some infections. Don't be getting in there. Don't do it. It's definitely not fucking white. I can tell you that. There's chrome, there's guns, there's pollution. It's fucking, it's horrible. (laughs) So the police searched the river and they could never recover the weapon. So the weapon's gone. Okay, so the, but this is like six, eight, six, ten seven, years Six or seven later? years. Six, seven, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's probably under rocks or, you know, gone downstream a little bit. Debris, or, an old refrigerator or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something like that. Uh, so Donald's ex-wife was questioned uh, and she told the police that one day her and Donald went on a drive, and this is after the murders, they ended up in a wooded area. And Donald told her that he had to go collect some gun shell casings. Because that's just something you do on a casual yeah, drive. just a Sunday just drive, you know, around. Yeah. I, you know, I'm so surprised that that marriage didn't work out. I am too. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So then they go back home uh, and she tells the police that he flushes the gun shell casings down the toilet. Here's the thing. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Um cuz it's bad for your plumbing. As yeah. a homeowner, yeah. A homeowner. I would never no. flush gun shell casings around Mm-mm. in my no, toilet. I wouldn't either. Um yeah. So I don't I don't think Donald flushed them. I well, think he just told his wife that he did. He actually did. He did. The police got a warrant to go search the house. It's not the house they live in anymore. So they had to go to this this random Couple's house now, and it's on a septic tank. Oh, so they dug up that septic tank. They dug up the septic tank. Who do you think had to do that? Uh, it wasn't the detectives, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, because I'm pissed if I gotta people. dig in the poopy... Yeah, CSI came out. Yeah. So, um, so you know, they, they get in there, they're digging through the shit, literally, uh, and they find several .38 caliber gun shell casings. Interesting. What a what a thing to have happen. Yeah, like he literally flushed them. That's you got lucky, Don, that your yeah. septic tank didn't get all messed up. Yeah. So the these these shell casings are believed to match the the point thirty eight caliber gun that was used to kill Ruth and Dan. So you know, like I said, for two years, Donald continues to speak with the investigators about this murder. You know, he doesn't give up the other three men. So they you know they also piece together that Donald was in town at the time. Okay. Uh, He was, they know he was in town at the time because he had been released from a prison for a different sexual assault that he had done. Donald's a piece of fucking shit. Yeah, guys, this is a podcast, but I made a face that indicated Mm -hmm. that I did not approve of those actions. Yeah, he's a dick. um, 
again, Donald, fuck yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if people are doing, you know, sex crimes, we just don't need to be letting them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just send that them. might make this a little bit easier. Just send them all to Indiana State Prison. Yeah, they, they seem to be handling there. those sexual assault yeah. people. So. Uh, so in 1986, a cop fucks up again and released information that Donald was speaking with the police about the murders. He leaks this information to the press. So instantly, Donald's freaked out. He's like, he's concerned that the other three guys are going to retaliate. Oh, oh, Donald is concerned about his personal safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny, so Donald. He's, he's very concerned about huh. his personal safety, and he recants his confession. Yep. What a little bitch. Mm-hmm. So even though the police had a re- video recording of it, they're unable to charge him officially. They can't. Ugh. That sucks. Yeah. Donald. Yeah. So, in 2006, Donald died in prison from cancer. I'm cool So, with he that. wasn't getting out of prison because he had 97 years on his, on his belt for you know, a sexual assault. I could not find anywhere, and I tried to search everywhere because I wanted to see if that motherfucker got transferred to Indiana State or not. I'm going to have to, my case, it. Donald. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to find that out. Yeah. So, because I was kind of hoping, like, you know what, bitch? Go up there. Yeah. Have fun with that lake effect snow. Yeah. snow. You motherfucker. But anyway, so he's dead. But with that death went any chance of finding the other three killers or closing this case. In 2018, the 40th anniversary of the murders. Not anniversary. What's the... I don't want to use the word anniversary because that seems happy. Anniversary often has a positive connotation, but I yeah. don't know that there's another word. Yeah. So, uh, like... 40 years later. 40 years later. Uh, 40 years after the murders, police shared more information about the weapons and the crimes in hopes of somebody coming forth with more information. And nobody has. You know, there is no statute of limitation on murder, uh, but the hopes of solving the Burger Chef mystery is small to none. And this case still remains cold and unsolved to this day. That is so sad. Yeah. You know, as a person, like, in high school, I worked in a fast food place. Yeah. And, like, those are just kids, like, yeah. trying to earn some money for college or a car or, yeah. like, a drum set or something. Yeah. Like, silly kid stuff. Or maybe weed. Who yeah. cares? That's yeah. not personally a problem. Yeah. Um, but, man, like, ugh, Yeah. That sucks. That's so frustrating that yeah. so many... Things got bungled. Yeah. I mean, it, it's safe to assume, and I think a lot of people do assume, that Donald was a part of it. That's why it happened. Because I know Jay, there was a report that Jane's brother was in prison because of cocaine for something, you know. So, you know, all that together says that's why it happened, and that's one of the people that did it. But the other three people just got away with it. Yeah. Which is shitty because I'm sure they weren't like, oh, I got away with this. I'm going to turn my life around and start, like, volunteering. Yeah. No. They probably continued to be dicks. Yeah. They probably didn't tip their servers either. Yeah, motherfuckers. But, you know, you just got to think, like, that fa- those families never got closure. Yeah, they were just kids, you know, at the beginning yeah. of their life. Yeah. Just being little twerps at their fast food jobs. Yeah. Making people happy with burgers and milkshakes and soft drinks and fries. Yeah. Like, they didn't deserve that. Yeah. It sucks. So. It sucks. If you're a drug dealer, just understand that loss is... Just build it into your business yeah. plan. Come on. You don't have to terrorize children. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Ugh. Everybody sucks in this case, except Ooh. for those four 
Damn, those poor kids. Kids. They deserve better. They deserve better. Well, guys, that's going to be it for our true crime, the Burger Chef murders. Uh, we're glad that you stopped in to listen to this little tale. I'm sad that we even had a story to tell you. Like, that sucks. It's a little spooky crossover. Yeah, a little spooky crossover. And you know crossover. what? I hope that those four kids haunted their murderers. Yeah. Well, maybe they kept it spooky. Yeah. That's what, like, a if little bright ever, side. If they ever killed me, I would definitely haunt their fucking ass. I'm probably going to haunt people anyway, so. Yeah, that's true. Just something I have lined up. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you have a good weekend and you make a bunch of money. And we will see you back next week. Well, not see you, but you will hear me back next week. Yeah. Uh, for another spooky episode. I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Door cut. Kitchen is closed. Don't forget to roll your silverware. Last call.